you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Louis Goodman. Welcome, Louis. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. It's uh, so much fun to be on your podcast. I've listened to some of your podcasts, and I'm just honored to be with you today. Fantastic, fantastic. So, Louis, you are a lawyer. and Well, nobody's defense. perfect. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> and you specialize in criminal defense. I uh, do. And that's definitely a little bit different than we've had on the podcast previously. So I'm super excited for us to have a great conversation. So just before we do, would you mind giving the audience a little bit of an introduction to who you are and how you ended up where you are right now? Sure. Well, I grew up in New Jersey. I went to a very good public high school in Milburn, New Jersey. And then I went from there to the University of Rochester in upstate New York. When I graduated from Rochester, I took a year off and worked. And then I came out to California and went to the University of California Hastings College of Law. Had a really great experience there living in San Francisco. And from there, got into the Alameda County District Attorney's Office, where I was a criminal prosecutor for almost 10 years. And when I left the DA's office, I started a criminal defense firm doing nothing but criminal defense in Alameda County. And I've kept my practice very narrowly focused because I am of the belief that if you really know one small thing that you can be very effective at that. And since I know all the judges, all the DAs, all the attorneys in Alameda County, I feel I can be really effective for my clients in Alameda County. Whereas I don't think that I can do that being a jack of all trades all over the state of California. Yep. That uh, takes one solid management lessons out for me, which is focus, right? Learning and knowing what you are very good at or learning or knowing what you know your area of expertise is and really honing in on that so i i love that what what's the size of your law firm right now well it's small it's me i'm the primary attorney there i have a full-time secretary paralegal uh, and she's been with me for over 25 years so we have a great working relationship and i have to say that Having an employee who really knows the business and knows the practice and has been there for so long is really one of the most wonderful things that I can think of in a working relationship. Uh, so I've been very fortunate in that sense. And then I have a couple of other lawyers who work for me on a contract basis uh, and make court appearances, uh, cover certain kinds of hearings for me, that sort of thing. Fantastic. Fantastic. And what, what, what sort of key things have you learned? I mean, it's, it's a while since you, you started out by yourself, but what's some of the key lessons that you've learned starting up your company on your own? Well, I, I would say that probably the first key lesson is think two times, think three times before leaving a big organization to go 
work on your own. You know, I started in the Alameda County District Attorney's Office, and I can't think of a better job that I ever had. I can't think of a better place to work. I was treated wonderfully there by uh, the the management and the elected officials for whom I worked. Um, and I've always been the kind of individual who, no matter how good things are, wants to move forward, wants to do things on my own. And I've always been someone who has landed on his feet and always thinks he's going to land on his feet. And so I left the DA's office and started doing this work because I wanted to have a more entrepreneurial experience. I wanted to run something on my own. I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to set my own hours. And I can tell you this, that that transition, as exciting as it was, as interesting as it was, it was really, really hard on a lot of levels. And I mean, to this day, there's things that I miss about being in the DA's office. There's things that I miss about being part of that big organization. There's things that I miss about having somebody else take care of a lot of the business things. So I think that that's the, that's the first comment that I would make is. I, I think that's a, that's an interesting lesson, right? Because I, 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 I see particularly in the entrepreneurial environment that I spend a lot of time, right? People are people are nearly judging people who don't have their own business and they're like, uh, why are you not out on your own and all this sort of stuff? And I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it, it's like being an entrepreneur is not an easy ride. And I, I, I like there's a couple of quotes out there that basically says, you know, I don't want to work nine to five anymore. Now I work 24 seven. And I think that's probably one of the most accurate things when it comes to entrepreneurship. Yes, that's absolutely true. I mean, I couldn't believe how long I was working and how much I was working compared to what I was doing when I was working for somebody else. And so I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm saying if you do it, really pay attention to what you're doing. Yep. I love that. Any other great lessons from that, Luis? I think, and you know, different people see it differently, but I think that it's very important to pay attention to your money. I see money in a small business or a small law practice, which is a business as the oxygen. It's the air that every business needs in order to breathe. And if you're not taking in enough money to pay the bills, you're not going to have a law practice that can help anybody else out. So I think it's really important to pay attention to your own money. And I think it's important not to just simply hand the books and your checkbook over to a bookkeeper and say, yeah, you deal with that because, you know, I'm a professional, I'm a lawyer, money is beneath me. Uh, I just want to do the practice and I'll let somebody else worry about the books. I think that's a mistake. And I would say as a criminal defense attorney that I have represented a number of crooked bookkeepers who have stolen enormous amounts of money from law firms before being caught to the great detriment of the law firms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that there's, there's a lot of opportunities in smaller businesses, I would say, and larger businesses. 
well. Yeah, there's always opportunity. Uh, and I think that it's incumbent upon the business owner, the attorney who's running that small firm to trust everybody, but cut the cards. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Interesting lessons. Interesting lessons, Luis. So what, what would be your recommendation? Like if people are in a similar position as yourself and they're thinking of leaving, like not just think two, three times, but what are the key things that you think people should really think about? Well, for setting up a small law firm, you need to think about where you're going to get your business from. You know, and when I started out a thousand years ago, if you took out a full page ad in the yellow pages, you would start getting business from that. And th that's what I did. And I spent a lot of my money on full page ads in the yellow pages in order to start building a practice. These days, I think it has a lot more to do with uh, a really effective website, an effective SEO campaign. Uh, and having some understanding of what sort of money you can spend on things like Yelp or uh, Google ads or Facebook ads and where you think your target market is and, and who and what it is that, that you want to sell to and, and what it is, what service it is that you want to provide, whether you're coming out of a uh, a DA's office, a public defender's office, or if you're coming out of a big firm and starting a, you know, boutique transactional firm or a boutique litigation firm doing civil work, uh, the, 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 the basics of getting clients is the same. Yeah. And then I also think it's really important to start developing way before you even leave the big organization to start working on your networking start working on getting other people on board with your idea and getting other people on board with being able to refer you some business. And if you do a good job for a client, especially in the civil world, that will lead to more clients. Yeah. So I, I think that that, that 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 development of networking is really important. Yeah. And I, I think if you if people have listened to many of my episodes of podcasting, there's very few where networking does not come up. Uh, it's, it's for me. I mean, I've built multiple businesses and many of them have been built on the back of networking. So I have many, many business, uh, multiple businesses where, you know, I did not have websites for multiple years, but still built great businesses just on the back of big crowds and, and networking and getting to know people. Right. So particularly as a small business owner, I always find that you can build trust in person with people who are, if you know what you're doing, if you know what you're talking about, you can build trust with people that are willing to either be your client or send your business or whatever by, by showing up and providing value. Right. I think another thing is people talk about having mentors and what I'm about to say is not original with me, but I think there's a lot of wisdom in it which is the notion of not just having a mentor, but having a champion and to find people who are doing the work that you want to be doing. Someone who's five, six, seven, 10 years out from where you are and get that person to not only help you, teach you, explain things, but hopefully to champion you to say, Hey, here's Lewis. 
he's a great guy. He really knows his stuff. He really wants to be doing the kind of work that I'm doing. And, and we're working together in order to do that. He's not my employee, but I like the guy and I really want him to go places and to have that person introduce you if possible to the key players who are going to be able to do something to help your business out. Yeah. Yeah. 100% so agree. And, and yeah. this is the one thing people always say, Oh, but you know, if they're five steps ahead of me, they don't want to help me. And my, my experience is the total opposite. My experience is that people who are successful have become successful with the help of others. And most successful people are happy to give back if they can see you have the drive and the willingness and, and want to do what it takes to succeed, right? Yeah, and the thing is this, it's not a zero-sum game. There is plenty of business out there. There's wh whatever it is, whether you're writing contracts, you're representing drunk drivers, or whatever it is that you are doing, there is an enormous pool of potential clients out there and there's enough for everybody and if you're doing good work and you're working with good people you can really tap into that definitely and i, I think i think fundamentally when you when you look at it right like most people shoot themselves in the foot like i see so many entrepreneurs that are like oh i don't want to share my idea or i don't want to talk with people about it because then they'll steal it and your, your mindset has to be 180 right like whenever you have an idea share it with as many people as possible because no one else will have the passion and the drive behind that idea as you have and and if they do then you know you're probably screwed anyway because people will hear about you sooner or later if you're actually doing well. Uh, but but again, getting those champions, getting people who encourage you, getting people who give you advice. Yeah, absolutely. There's a guy who has a podcast. His name is Steve Fretzen, and the, the name of his podcast is Be That Lawyer. And he talks about how important it is to have your own book of business as, as an attorney. And no matter what position you are in a law firm, uh, you need to start developing your own clients, your own book of business, because that's something that is transportable. And do not, as an attorney, get too dependent on any one source of business that's not your own. Because if that person leaves or dies or moves on or takes a different job, whatever it is, if that person leaves or that group leaves and you have nothing other than what they've been feeding you, then you're left with nothing. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I mean, for, for all small businesses, right? It's so easy to get a big client that end up being able to dictate their way around your business. Because if you have a client that's 60, 70, 80% of your income and they suddenly want to cut their price or they want to do whatever, like you're screwed, right? And they can yeah. they can they can really do whatever it is they want to do, and that's definitely that's definitely a difficult situation that that many many small businesses find themselves in, and often what happens is you know when someone goes out on their own they start with one client and they often grow big or whatever and you know suddenly this one client is is such a big part of their business, and and they often get lazy like they don't look for more clients they don't try and grow and scale more and and that's difficult right. Because you're, you're so depending on one source of income. Yeah, it's dangerous.
it's dangerous. Very much. Very much. Excellent. So, Luis, you said you have one person that has been working with you for 25 years. How have you managed that? I don't know. I don't know. It's just um, it's just a, a, a special relationship. Um, um, my my secretary's name is Tracy, and uh, and she <laughs> she well when I I got it's funny because two women came into my life at the same time. I got married uh, to my wife Lisa. And, uh, when I, and I, I, I'd known Tracy cause we had worked at another law office together some years earlier and we just kind of liked each other. And when I got married, um, my wife started saying, Hey, how come you're not ever home at night? Because I would be at work and I would go to work and I would go to court and I would talk to clients. And then I would s- stay in my office till seven or eight o'clock at night, you know, churning out letters, documents, paperwork, things that, you know, doing secretarial work, essentially. And when I was single, you know, it didn't really matter when I got home. And once I got married, uh, it was different. And right at that same time, Tracy walks into my office and says, you know, I'm not working at that other firm anymore. I'd like to come here and work part-time for you. And so I said, great, just what I need is someone to work with and do this, this paperwork with me and for me. And so we just started working together and part-time turned into more part-time and then ultimately into full-time. And we just get along great in a business kind of way. And, um, and, and, and she has, um, She's just been a great employee and she really understands me and she understands the, uh, the, the business. And I've, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I don't see her as in any way, sort of a step down from me because she doesn't have a law degree. I see her as a colleague and someone whose judgment, um, I recognize and understand and, Oftentimes, I'll talk to her about a case or a situation and ask for her input. Yeah, that uh, I, I like it. And, and I think it's great, like the way you think about it, right? Like it's always about looking at your team and thinking, what can I provide that they want, right? What are the things they're looking for? And how can you help and support provide that, right? Um, because I think a lot of the time, business owners see everything as expenses, which it is. But, uh, you know, the, the question is, how do you get the most out of your team and how do you get the most out of your people? And sometimes giving people a little bit extra, giving people, but for me, freedom is very key, right? Like for, for most of our staff, they can work at the type of times that they feel comfortable with. And if they need to go and pick up their kids at three, three o'clock every day, they, they have the time to do it and so on. Like, but for most of our staff, that makes a huge difference to them, right? Um, so, so again, like looking at what are your staff looking for, what, what, what will make them happier, what will make them put them in a better mind space, because reality is, you know, as a human being, when you have things running around your head, if you're like, oh, stressed out about something, you, you will do less good work. That's, that's the, that's the truth in most cases, right? So, so being able to, to do things that make people more comfortable, make people more productive is, is great, right? Yeah. And one of the things for me is, you know, all through COVID, 
a lot of people how to work at home. And, you know, I had my own office and it's, it's a fairly large space. And so, um, so we're able to have pretty good separation and knock on wood. Fortunately, none of us have come down with COVID yet. (laughs) I'm hoping to keep it that way, but it, I realized what a great luxury it is to have an office and to be able to go to an office and do my office work and be able to come home and be at home. It's this, sometimes I think of it as kind of a separation of church and state that, um, you know, I, I render unto the business world what the business world needs and I render unto my home what my home life needs. Yeah, and I mean, I've definitely had that in my life. I remember when I worked corporately, when it was for me, it wasn't just the office. For me, it was also like the suit or the the dress. Like my my freedom occurred when I came home and I took off my suit, and I'm like, I'm not at work anymore. That that was kind of my, you know, now I'm not at work. Uh, right. And I, but yeah, the office in a similar way have uh, so so i work all around the world I, I travel a lot i speak at a lot of conferences and so on so one of the things that i've learned is that um that definitely when i rent places i'm definitely better at not having to work in a hotel room so uh, when i can get like at least a one bedroom place or something where i have a separate room to work and a separate room to sleep that makes a huge difference for the quality of my sleep um, but yeah, you, you learn a lot of different things, particularly when you have to work remotely, um, which, which can be useful, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the practice of law doing, especially a criminal defense practice is so localized. I mean, you know, now, you know, since COVID we, we've been doing a lot of the court appearances through video conferencing. But for years, I mean, I spent every single day of my life in court. I went to court every single day. I'd go to court in the morning. I'd come back to my office and work in the afternoon. Then I'd come home in the evening. That, that was it. Go to court. That's what made a work day. And well, you know, this morning I, I did that too. I, I went to court in the morning to an actual courthouse and a courtroom and you know talk to a, a opposing counsel and a judge i mean that's that's what I, what i do so having a office having an office in a local setting i think is really important and i think it's important for a place to meet clients because i think that having that office is some place where i can talk to clients and they can f- feel confident that if they're going to retain me, that they have someone who can effectively represent them and will look the part when we do show up in court. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Excellent, Luis. Excellent. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. It was a really good conversation. Really nice talking to you. Uh, if people are eager to get hold of you or reach out to you for any reason, what's the best way to do so? I have a website, which is lewisgoodman.com, L-O-U-I-S-G-O-O-D-M-A-N.com. And if you go there, you can find my phone number. You can find emails. Uh, I'm easy to find. And if I might, I'd like to put in a quick plug for my podcast, 
which is called Love Thy Lawyer, like Love Thy Neighbor, Love Thy Lawyer. And you can find Love Thy Lawyer on all platforms and at lovethylawyer.com. And you can reach me through that website as well. And if anyone has any questions or would like to reach out, promise I'll get back to you. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Luis. That was great. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure talking to you, Matt. Excellent. And to the audience, thank you very much for hanging on all the way to the end. We'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.